Hello, everyone. Happy to have you all with us. Our last panel of the day. Super excited. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm Bob Wolheim, a partner at CINT, and I have the mission that before the amazing panel that uh, we will start in a second, I'll tell you a little bit about CINT. And uh, I wrote something, but uh, I want to do a little bit more personal. What, I, what we wrote is like, we build digital solutions that transform businesses. But in fact, we are damn good people that love complex problems and love to solve them with people, with you. We've been doing this for 28 years with large corporation, corporations all over the world. And we have a tagline that says, make their tomorrow. And what I wanted to tell you is that we exist to make your tomorrow in tech, in strategy, in design, and helping you solve complex problems, having fun on the process. That's a good way to describe CINT. For the panel, I will invite Paula Engler, who is the CEO of Box1824, that is part, a company, part of the CINT family. But most importantly, a mom, a wife, a friend, and a cook. Paula, please come join us. Thank you, Bob. Hello, everyone. Patricia Hi. and Talita. Hello, hello. Join me. Wow. Full house. Full house. <laughs> what a responsibility. Okay, as a friend said to me, uh, you know, you, you think we speak English until you have to speak at South by Southwest. So <laughs> bear with me. Let's go. Uh, so hello, everyone. We are super happy to have all of you, of, of you here. It's a pleasure to be here today sharing this stage with Patricia and Talita. As Latin American leaders from different segments, our paths have crossed due to our shared passion to grasping people behavior. Our collective, collective commitment to pursuit this path has brought us here together, allowing us to leverage our unique perspectives and insights to make a positive impact in the world. Patricia is a director at YouTube in Brazil, and Talita is leading the second most selling beer brand in the US, Michela Butra. My name is Paula Engler. As Bob said, I'm CEO at Box 1824, part of the CINT family. We are a strategic consulting firm based in Brazil with a global presence. We have been around for the last 20 years, helping our clients to understand the future and to translate this into business strategies. So, I would like to start today this panel with a broad and complex provocation. What does every society, community, or group of consumers have in common? Think 
about the company you work for or close to it. At Box, we have a simple but really straightforward answer. Culture. For us, culture is white what ties us all together. Not products, services, brands, technology. For us, culture is this invisible force that it's really unseen. When we say culture, I'm not referring here to employee culture, but culture in a broader sense. Culture within a society, a group of people or a community. Besides bringing us all together, culture has had a role that has been the same ever since the humankind has been around. Culture pushes us all forward. Since the beginning of time, culture has preserved the best in us and prepares ourselves for what might come next. Culture has been the key to building better futures. And when I talk about culture, and when we think about culture, we're thinking about people. Culture was, is, and will be crucial for us here, especially if you're talking about business, understanding our everyday lives, what we can offer to society as a brand, communities or group of consumers are super important. But we tend to ignore that. We tend to make business decisions looking inwards, thinking about other drivers as tech trends that CNT really leads the way, as behavior trends that Box talks so much. Of course, they are extremely important, but they are not enough. We know that nowadays business and technology inputs are not enough when it comes to building contemporary strategies. We believe that it's crucial for us to look at, of course, what the marketing is creating, what is headed, innovations, and being aware of everything that is going on is key. But the problem is that market is not always committed to better future for the people and for the planet. For us, understanding these cultural behaviors and movements that will reveal social criticism, local demands, behavior expressions, and collective dreams is paramount. Culture is the basis of society, where the greatest ambitions and representations are concentrated. Therefore, it should be committed to a better future. And as we saw here in South by Southwest in so many presentations, this is something that it's on the zeitgeist now. And of course, to ensuring that there will be a tomorrow. But to better navigate culture, we have developed something that help us to better observe these insights. And we have developed this award-winning methodology that is called the Influence Network. We have been doing and using this methodology for the last 20 years for every segment and markets that you guys can imagine, and all begins with the alphas. The alphas have this creation power. They have a deep relationship within a category and a culture, but they do not intend to transform and to really connect with people. They are connected to, to the fact that they consume everything firsthand. New products, services, thoughts, behaviors, 
So for us to really map and tackle what is the new culture, we have to be connected with the betas. The betas, they are the propagation power. Betas are the people who are passionate about a topic and with so much passion, despite not always working with it, they become heavily involved in seeking depth knowledge in that area. They know they are known as the ones connected to the latest trends regarding a certain, sub, certain subject. So who are the ones that you connect with if you want to buy a great bottle of wine to, to hold on to someone in a dinner, to go to a new trip, to buy a new car, to buy a new computer? Every time that we have this kind of challenge, we check with someone. Those are the betas in your life. And maybe you'll say, I am. So you can be the beta in a certain subject. So the betas, the power of the betas lies precisely in disseminating the new. But, of course, we all want to go to the mainstream. Here lies the volume. So the consumption power that is connected, it went through everything? No. no? Yes. I always press twice. <laughs> <laughs> the mainstream is the volume. Of course, the, main is, the mainstream often use and consume a category on a daily basis, but they are not deeply involved in it. We can listen to music every day, we can ride cars every day, we can soap every day, but we tend to do that without going into great detail or depth. Because they are the great mass of a category, of course they have the greatest consumption power in terms of volume. So if you're looking for a volume, of course you have to be connected. And I know everyone in this room wants to be connected to the mainstream. But if you want to build a relevant and an aspirational brand, you have to be connected with the betas. So, this dynamic allows us to understand what the future holds, and that's why I, I wanted to share with you guys so you can have the same eyes, the same lenses that you have at Box. This method helps us to better understand what the, is about to come in the future. But I have a final layer on that equation, and that this layer is super important for us, and it's what means by Box 1824. For those that doesn't know, 1824 is the age. So we do believe that youth leads the way. So every time that you want to do something new, every time that we have to see, you want to see what the future holds, you should be connected and really try to understand what the youth, youth is living and wanting. But we are now currently experiencing a massive generation gap. Despite being born only a few years apart, Gen Z and millennials have a notion between them. They are like two worlds apart. These two generations are vastly different in their beliefs, values, and behaviors. Millennials nowadays are closer to Gen X and to baby boomers than they are to Gen Z and Generation Alpha. Because they are born, the Gen Zers, they are born and raised on the digital era. In other words, they are digital natives. The same way I know, you all know, you'll be able to know as my English because of my accent that I'm not from here. 
that millennials and the older generations speak and talk and connect with technology with a sort of an accent. So you always be adapted to this new reality. In other hand, Gen Z have learned how to talk, to write, to socialize already in this very digital environment. That means that not only do they have the unique essence, but they also are hardwired to make brand new and different associations and synapses. So, more than ever, by understanding youth, what they value, what they want to consume, their dreams will be able to understand and predict the future. So, that said, we just went to three main places here. So, first one that I could speak like an hour for each one of them culture, and as she pushes us all forward, then we enter the influence network, going to the alphas with the creative power, the betas, the propagation power, and the mainstream with the consumption power, and then finally, understanding that youth leads the way, but we are leaving now this generation gap. So we have the baby boomer, X and Y generations, digital and virtual adopted, and then Gen Z and Alphas, digital natives with virtual explorers. And this is something that you should all be careful with, this virtual wave that is coming. Of course, we have seen everything related to AI and everything. This is gonna change the way also we live our lives, so be ready. That said, I'd like to go and talk to the girls about how companies use this mindset in their favor. But first things first, let's do a round of introductions so you guys can talk a little bit and I can drink some water. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Pat. Okay. Well, good afternoon. So glad to be here. Uh, it's an honor to be at South by South in this panel with these Brazilian ladies. And I love it that I feel that Paula should be invited next year to be a keynote speaker because I would <laughs> spend an hour <laughs> listening from you, like, yeah. really, to be honest. Um, so I'm Patricia, and uh, I oversee the YouTube business in Brazil, now recently uh, also taking care of some other markets in Latin that can really help me to understand and decode culture in different markets, which is something great. I've been working at Google for 10 years, um, so a decade there. And sometimes people ask me, what do you do? What, what does it mean? Even for Googlers, sometimes they say, like, ask ourselves, like, what do we do? Yes, about it. So, um, so I'll say that internally, uh, together with our teams, we are good fighters. So when you work uh, leading a market, but for a global company, you need to be there, always fighting in a very positive way to bring local context, our challenges, opportunities, and everything that can bring more color of what is going on there. And externally, I say that we take care of the heart, of the core of our platforms. And I would say, I was listening from Nachi at Kuri uh, this weekend, so, uh, and other creators uh, talking about the creative economy, that because we are in the heart of the creative economy, you say that we help this ecosystem, that people that can become creators that can become companies, becomes entrepreneurs, that generate more jobs to be in front of their own business. So this is what we do. <laughs> and you're gonna share more about it. Yes. Talita. Awesome. 
Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Right now, it's my fan moment because sitting here, sharing the stage with the two of you is a gigantic pleasure. I feel very humbled to be sitting by yeah. you guys. I'm a big, big fan. Um, and thank you all for coming. We know that there are endless talks happening at the same time. So choosing to be here with the three of us, three Brazilian women, and listening to what we say is huge. So I appreciate you guys. Um, so I'm, I'm Talita, like I said. I'm proudly Brazilian. I've been living in New York for the past seven years. I've been working at Enhauser Bush in Bev for nine in various different roles between the global headquarters and the, and the US office from experiential marketing and sponsorship, leaving in Russia for two, two months, uh, mm. working on FIFA World Cup, then leading the platform uh, for soccer for Budweiser globally in the past three years in the US market, leading brand communications for, for Michelob Ultra. And then prior to that, I spent a few years at P&G in Brazil, talking about culture, passion points, and the intersection of all of that, and how brands can meaningfully connect with consumers is something I'm super passionate about. And it's something I've been doing in my, in my career as well for a while. So thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. So there's an overarching here at our panel that is culture. And a good way to showcase culture is to its passion points. So, have you guys been using this force to create meaningful brand and powerful connection with the consumers? Can you go, both share with us a little bit about here? And Pachi, okay. you can start again. Okay, uh, this is great, and, and, the, and also the question. Um, and also we are discussing, and I just brought yes. one, one case, so one sample of what does it mean for us. But this is all about the ecosystem. When you're talking about the, how creators or the content they produce and being more authentic uh, is, is about their passion. So this is all related to any segment that we have in any business, any content we have at YouTube. The thing is that uh, I was thinking about what could I bring that can be uh, it's important in the local market, but at scale, like in a global level. And there is one specific case that is the sport that we have been building um, in the past years in Brazil. But the key thing is that just remind me that we just faced such a, an important moment in our lives, that it was the pandemic. And uh, I, I guess that you all remember that we started to have our uh, online live, and it was not different from the lives that we had in YouTube. Yeah. Suddenly, we started to have lives for everything, and, but also the phenomenon of music. And, uh, and the thing is that it was just possible for us because we were prepared for it, because we, are li we just lived this phenomenon of life for different segments before, like gaming or any other type of content. So then we started to have like, okay, what is the mainstream or it could be like the passion that really uh, supports uh, the community in Brazil. Uh, and we just came along with the soccer. And then coming back for the being a good fighter and to tell the global team that what is soccer in Brazil? Like quick in India, like the, the football, American football. So we wanted like, to bring like, that this is so important, so huge for our country <coughs> and for Brazilians. So we started this some years ago, bringing the regional championship in the Northwest that is Copa do Nordeste. 
And it's just like, this is the behind the scenes of the YouTube, but YouTube is a different segment. So it just works, the business model just works because it needs to connect the triangle of what is important for users, the viewers, the audience, the fans, the creators who produce content, the companies, and the advertisers who see the value to invest in our platform. So these all happens together. Uh, so we started with this regional and very relevant championship. It worked very well. So, uh, and I just said, like, this is how Works for Brazil is like a massive lab that we can test at scale for products, engineers, and understanding with millions of people being there at the same second. And then, so because of this and work it so well, we were able to bring the most relevant regional championship, that is the Paulistão. Uh, so it started last year, and then we are in the second season, although I know, Chico, you were there, like we just saw our teams uh, just lost in the weekend, and then my kids were suffering yesterday, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, the thing is that, uh, do you want some water? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the thing is that we didn't want to bring the 90 minutes that we already know of the soccer. We want to bring in a totally different way that we call like the made for YouTube. The experience that you think, you feel that you are at staging. You don't have the, the barrier of the screen there. This was the, the magic of what we are trying to bring. It's connecting the celebrities from traditional media to endemic creators, to soccer players, all together. And uh, this informality, it was like came with the soccer at YouTube. And then I'm telling you all this because the case that I want to bring is you feel that, oh, you're so lucky to have the World Cup last year uh, from, with the Casimiro and the Cazet TV. And I hope that from the Brazilians that you, or you watch it or you heard about it or you had the, the chance to compliment like how you were watching World Cup last year. But it was a huge phenomenon for us. Yeah break like all the global records. Uh, and I confess, I wouldn't say this, I know that it's being recorded, but I was kind of afraid because it started with a channel with 50,000 subscribers. But this is the, the, the biggest mistake I'm saying because I don't, every time I have the chance to talk with all of the creators, I say, you don't have a channel at YouTube. You have, you don't have a, you have a business. You don't have subscribers. You do have fans, you have students, you have customers. It's totally different mindset. So the thing is that we brought like six million of concurrent viewers, like we reached like the global record. But the key thing is that all of this language, for them like to being authentic, for you to feel, and sometimes you have like more than the, the 90 minutes game, but you have like dog there. Uh, and everything going on, feel it that you were there together with them. Special. With Casimiro, with like the biggest streamer that wasn't there. So I was afraid because it turned from the 50,000 fans to more than 6 million of fans in three weeks. Yeah, in Samantha yeah, that okay. was critical for this yeah. make, making happen. So yeah, so instead of like me talking about it, like let's play, play the video. video. Estamos aqui na casa caseta. A gente tem que curtir o jogo de Copa do Mundo, mano. Comentando, pô, e sendo feliz, sendo alegre. 
você acompanhando no YouTube, na Twitch da Copa do Mundo FIFA. Documenta isso. Documenta isso. Começar agora. Autoriza o árbitro. O sonho está vivo. A Copa do Mundo chegou. Vamos fazer 22 jogos. Tentou jogar na pessoa, ganhou, vai fazer um golaço. Gol! Entra a marcação. Entra as pernas. Mandense. De um jeito diferente. Do nosso jeito. Posso pegar? Posso pegar? Ui, obrigado. Com a nossa linguagem. Aquele inclina o corpo bonito, ó, ó. Pé de apoio. Nem Juninho. Sai entendendo, Juninho. Messi vencer. E vem de novo com ele. Vitor Virada! Vou falar um negócio assim, podia pintar aquele, aquele Maczinho, não podia não? Ai. E o que que tá ali? Tava fazendo meu pedido no iFood, irmão. Não, ele, ele é tranquilo, ele é tranquilo. Olha, 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 olha. Eu tô ficando com o cu na mão. Juninho, no meio do três, bola, bola, Richarlison! Puta que ruim! Tem um pombo aqui no estúdio. Primeiro é. Um momento histórico do entretenimento esportivo no Brasil. É um prazer ver Lionel Messi jogar. Devolveu o Mbappé. Golado. Que isso? Gol da França. Demais. Histórico. Fantástico. Fenomenal. É a bola do título. Gonçalo Montiel. Gonçalo Montiel. Gol! Argentina, campeã do mundo! Eu sou muito grato de verdade pelo que a gente construiu, pelo que a gente vai construir. Vocês podem esperar muito da Casé TV para 2023. What I love about this case that uh, Pachi just showed us is that we have been studying this a lot at Box, that it's what happens when uh, people now are demands, but they also become an offer. So they try to, be, to do something and they try to, to create this connection with, of course, the huge companies. But if they don't find out how to, to, to have what they want, they become what they want. Yeah. And what That's we incredible. saw at Kazé, it's that. Okay, I'm not finding it, I'm not, so okay, I'll create something and yeah. then he can create like a very truthful and really like truly new language yeah, and like reveal something that of course everyone was aiming for it because otherwise you do, you do not reach six millions in six weeks, in three weeks if you don't have a demand. So I think this is something super important nowadays. It's to be aware that if, if people do not get what they want, they become what they want. So we don't have the time anymore to wait. So now, Talita, can you share with us? Yes. Um, this is awesome, Pachi. Super fan of, of the case. Um, let's bring it a little bit to the US now. Let's talk about a different passion point. Let's talk about basketball. Um, who in here is either from here or living in the U.S. and know Mikel Obotra as a brand? Please raise your hands. But my team over there, see you. <laughs> okay, not a lot of people, so let me do a quick intro to the, the crowd and, and tell you guys what, what the brand is about. So 
As you said at the beginning, Michael Obocha is the second biggest brand in the United States by volume today. Uh, it is one of the fastest growing brands. We've been on this fantastic growth journey where we've been growing double digits for the past eight years. Um, and a lot because of the functional offering that we have, which is low calories and low carbs, a lot of our efforts and our communications kind of lies around um, balance and an active lifestyle. Uh, and then hence, a, a passion point that makes a lot of sense for us mm -hmm. is sports. But we try to take an angle on sports that is slightly different than the other traditional beers that you'll see. A lot of beers invite you to see on your couch and watch soccer, watch basketball, watch, you know, you name the passion point. And the angle that we take is from a, um, an, an active point of view. Like I was saying, we invite you to go and exercise and, you know, practice the, the sport that you like. Um, and that kind of comes to life in our tagline, in our motto, which is it's only worth it if we enjoy it. So we invite people to go out, work hard, work out, but don't forget to enjoy, you enjoy yourselves throughout the journey. Um, and then this point of view of it's only worth it if you enjoy it made a lot more sense. We've been carrying for many, many years, even before my time on the brand. Uh, but it made a lot more sense on the epidemic. It was a moment where all of us, we were rethinking our lives. We were rethinking our jobs. Am I doing enough for myself? Am I working hard enough and, and neglecting myself, my friends, my family? And then at that moment in time, everyone started to kind of like rethink and enjoying the journey mattered more than ever. Um, and then it was our first year sponsoring the NBA. It was 2020. And then March 2020, we all know what happened. The pandemic hit. Um, the NBA then announced that the games were canceled because we were going to wait two weeks <laughs> to see what was going to happen. And then we'll come back right after. <laughs> Little we knew at the time. Uh, but the, those two weeks prolonged. And then just for those that don't know a lot about the season, the NBA season starts around October and it ends around May and June. So it was just in the middle of the the season essentially there wasn't an ending there yet people weren't ready to stop watching the games yet um, and then a few a few months later the NBA then announced that they were going to take all of the athletes and all of the teams to what they called the NBA bubble which was a complex down at uh, Disney World where all of them would leave there apart from society from uh, for a couple of, of months essentially and f uh, f finishing the games and all that and then the moment that that was announced, we then realized that there was not going to be any fans in the stands. And we all know there's this symbiotic relationship between athletes and fans. We're all, we want to be as close as we can. If we can see the sweat drip, we want to do that. You want to feel that passion from the sport, the love of the sport. And the athletes, in the other hand, they almost, they get fueled by the energy of the fans out there. So we then knew that there wasn't going to be fans there. And as a brand that stands for joy and enjoyment, we knew that we had to do something. So let's take a look at what we did. We have seen some unbelievable things in basketball. This is something out of a movie. Games have been suspended. This is the last night of NBA games. The league will use this hiatus to determine the next steps. We play games without the fans? Yeah. 
No, it's impossible. I ain't playing. Experience with Michelob Ultra virtual fans are in attendance. Yo, this is sick, dude. You just scan a Michelob bottle to see if you want to see. That energy and bond between people is an essential part of the experience. It's pretty crazy, man. You can literally talk to the people in your section. <laughs> I hear I'm sitting next to Shaq. What's up, friends? Wayne Wade in the Miami Heat section. Snoop Dogg. We see you, Chuck. All of you exercise your voice and your rights. It is a whole, it's a whole game. different kind of viewing but experience. I like that virtual crowd that they had. The virtual fan board is unbelievable. <laughs> the NBA is leading the way, as usual. It's fantastic what's happening in this bubble. Why, you? Who's ditching, eh? Ridiculous! What a beautiful pass. I like this a lot. I want to do this more. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic opportunity. Thank you. Amazing. Just to, to summarize then, you know, how this all came to be, I think that when we were discussing, when you come, first came and said, look, we want to have this panel, we want to talk about culture and technology, and I'm like, Paul, I have this case. I think that we can talk about it. it would be so interesting because I feel like this case almost leaves in the intersection of culture and something that was so big for all of us. It was the pandemic hitting. Everyone was really shocked at what was going on. Uh, technology, obviously, for what was created alongside the Microsoft team and in the passion point. So this kind of happened in the intersection of all of those three things, but in a way that I truly believe that only Michael Abotra could have done as a brand that stands for joy and enjoyment, bringing um, the athletes and the fans closer and allowing them to interact. And we had so many amazing guests that joined us throughout the journey. Um, so it was really special. It's an amazing case, amazing, amazing, great. And I think, uh, to, again, to be able to adapt so fast in a circumstance like that, it's crazy for everyone. Like we at Box that study behavior like for 20 years, it's the craziest experiment that we can, no one could dream of. Okay, now everyone it's like at home at the same time, worldwide, because yeah. it's not a country, it's, not, it's worldwide. Yeah. And we can just connect throughout digital platforms. So yeah. it's like crazy and you guys could like sparks just this joy to everyone in that moment is 10 times more meaningful. So it's amazing, it's amazing case. So changing the subject, uh, thinking about the future consumers, the Gen Zers that we just talked about in the last part of my presentation, they are the first generation that it's afraid that there might not be a tomorrow. Probably because of that, they are realists, so they know the power of consuming and they know how to navigate that. 
they are more gender fluid, but more than anything, they are activists for a better and a more fair future. So can you both share a little bit how you guys are doing, what are you doing to address this huge challenge? Yeah. Pat. I think it's I'm you. starting on this one. Ah, yes, yes, I see you. I do have a case to show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, I think I'm going to let the case play first on this, on this one, and then I'll talk about it coming after. For years, Michelob Ultra has been supporting athletes on and off the court. We've elevated their joyful stories and shared their journeys. But the truth is, there's more we can do. Women's sports don't get the same visibility and representation as men. It's like 4% of all media coverage. How many England, female England players can you name? Oh, that's going to be a problem for me. As the brand with the number one share of voice in the industry, we saw an opportunity to affect change and increase that number by tackling the issue of visibility. When you save women's sports, you support women's sports. We started by hacking Instagram's algorithm to increase visibility of female athletes and invested $100 million in women's sports. More than that, we held ourselves accountable by ensuring we have equal representation on our athlete roster, in our ads, and behind the camera. Even during the biggest night in sports, the Super Bowl. And this is just the beginning. We're bringing more female athlete stories to light We're changing the game by investing in women's sports because investing in women's sports makes sense. This was the most obvious, best, best sports investment I could make right now. The way we see it, it's only worth it if we all enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, that one, um, I'm super passionate about this topic. We can spend hours talking about it. Um, but I think what happened was, alongside the pandemic, there were a lot of big, important movements happening in, in the US at the same time in 2020, 2021, both about racial equality, gender equality, you know, you name it. Like I said, people were rethinking everything and they were claiming what they deserved. Um, and as, you know, the second biggest brand in the US, like I said, the number one share of voice in the category, and quite frankly, as human beings, we sat down to look at what we were doing and how could we contribute. And then the learning was we could do more. And as I, I think that as brands, you cannot just go and try and tackle everything. Um, so we then sought to say, what could we do in a way that only Mikola Botra can, and that makes sense for us, is true to who we are as a brand. And like I said, being connected to sports, to an active lifestyle, was something that we were doing for a very, very long period of time. Um, and we stopped to see, okay, from a, a gender point of view, are we doing enough, could we be doing more? That's when we came out in August 2021 with the $100 million commitment over the next five years. So we're a year and a half in, I guess. 
um, from that commitment where we looked inwards and said from different angles, so from um, quantity of, of equality of the athletes and of influencers, of media investment, of within the creative, um, co the commercials that we were putting out, um, are we doing everything that we can to have a 50-50 um, essentially visibility um, out there. So that's when we, we came out with the commitment. Um, we also spent some time understanding what is it within, you know, the equality within the world of in the realm of sports, what was that something that only Mikhail Bocha could do? And then we almost like we designed a vicious cycle of you guys heard Sue said less than 10% of the media coverage goes towards women's sports. That essentially means that there are games from the WNBA that you cannot watch on open TV. It's, it's nowhere to be found. Or the LPGA, which is the women league for, for golf, um, and many others, essentially. So we were like, okay, so there is lack of visibility. And the lack of visibility means lack of sponsorships in brands like us, which then means that there is a pay gap between women or female and male athletes, which means that there will be female athletes that at some point they're going to have to give up being athletes, you have to pursue another career because they cannot make enough money essentially from that career, which then drives to lack of visibility. That, so it's a vicious cycle that never ends. Um, and we know that we, can, we cannot tackle everything. So we're like, all right, we're the number one share of voice in the beer category. If there's one thing that we can do is to help improve the visibility that the women athletes have. So that's, that was a big part of the commitment, that, that visibility aspect of telling more stories. It was for the first time in the past two Super Bowls that we had a 50-50 representation of male and female athletes on, on our commercials. You know, for the first time, we also had behind-the-camera representation. So we had Rachel Morrison, director in our films. Rachel is a super director. She just finished uh, The Mandalorian now. She was a cinematographer of Black Panther. So a gigantic honor to like even work with her. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how we then defined our space. And that is then the commitment that we now take and we hold ourselves accountable from August 2021 and onwards. Hopefully, it will not be a five-year commitment. It will be something that we can then do forever. Uh, in a, a year and a half in, do I think that we're perfect and we solved all the problems? Absolutely not. I think there's a lot more to be done. Um, but I think we're starting um, and we're leading the agenda, I guess. So many other brands came after was there like this is so cool how can we be part and then they started activating um on their you know own kind of ecosystems as well so it was it was a special one as well to yeah. work on it's great how you guys could use the power of the of what we have as a brand and then connect with the potency of the people and then this connection makes this this everything way bigger than it is it could be on a normal basis. Yeah. And you, Pachi, and wow. YouTube. Yes, I feel that we are trying to cover in different aspects, but related to your question. For, first, I feel that it's important to, to share more for those who are not super familiar with our uh, ecosystem, the platform YouTube is. 
and we, it, to make it more tangible, we just ran um, research, independent research with the Oxford, Oxford Economics for the past two years to understand what is our contribution to the country. So two great things that we found out is, one, that we helped to generate 160,000 of jobs, equivalent jobs, because of the ecosystem, and contributing to more than 6 billion reais for the GDP in Brazil. So these are, and, and also to understand the global level, we are talking about paying 50 billion, 50, 50 billion dollars in the past three years to the ecosystem. And this is how it works. So this is why when we are really thinking about to build a sustainable and health ecosystem, I was telling you that this year, YouTube turns 18. 18 is a very emblematic age, right? I do have two boys, 10 and 11. I know that there's a long path together, but we all know how it is to is to 18. 18 yeah. and, and, and it is a, a way for you to build uh, our path, but also grow in a more responsible, more responsible way. And of course, like we had like so many bifurcations along like that. I'm seeing like so great partners, Hybia and Hafa here. Uh, and, and we know that we are here together when we believe in the ecosystem. But building this solid foundation help us to zoom in and understand what are critical for our markets. So looking to Brazil, and education is a key pillar um, for YouTube. I would say that if we can put like all of the hundreds of millions of videos and contents that we have, just for you to have an idea, and I don't think that this number is updated, we are talking about more than 500 hours per minute that is uploaded in our platform. So it's, it's huge, it's massive. And if I can put this in three boxes, I would say that people get there like to more to, 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 to entertainment, as we mentioned, the, the soccer, um, to get better informed, and also to learn more. So talking about education, education is critical, it's a global level, but we know how important it is for Brazil. So we've just launched a new vertical. We, we launched products. We are investing in today. We just uh, had a launch in Brazil to talk about the, the innovation that we are bringing there. Uh, but we know the discrepancy and the gap that we have in education in our country. Uh, the latest number uh, from UNICEF was telling that we had like more than 5 million of kids and teenagers who didn't come back to school after the pandemic. So we just work very close to some institution and having like these close partnerships to make our platform more available and in a democratic and accessible to everyone and to help, uh, of course, working with other uh, companies too to be more accessible because we know that it's not like beyond our own bubble. Uh, to help this. So we just partner and we launched it uh, today, the partnership with UNESCO, who has curated these hundreds of videos that we have from the academic content uh, under the YouTube Edu. And we call the community of uh, teachers at YouTube the EduTubers. They are proud to say that they are EduTubers. 
Just you have an idea, we have like the top 50 channels on education. Has a total of 130 million. I'm not gonna say subscribers, gonna say students. So this is the opportunity for us to really connect with something that is so important, so critical for our society. So how can we help? And, and of course, what I'm saying about this is there are so many ways for us to help not only students, but also helping teachers. Uh, but again, breaking the barriers, like an understanding that this can be connected in a more authentic way. To really connect with the youth and the young people that need to understand, need to learn more. Yeah. But there are some other uh, limitations. But the, and then I wanted like, just to share a quick short video uh, about one of the, this, all of these creators that is Professor Noslin, who knows him in Brazil. Uh, he's a celebrity. Like, some of the young people would stop him in the streets and say, you just helped me to, to pass my exam. And uh, he has more than four million of students in his channel. This is more than we have in NA for Brazilians and the national test. Uh, and this is something interesting because he just saw that he was having like so many problems to get there, like to connect with these students because of our mobile phones. And so like, this is the, the distraction. So how can I, instead of like putting them away, but how can I bring them close to me? So he started to create his own language uh, and using the phone as a friend not as an enemy. Of course, he goes deep in some of the content to help these students at the moment they need more. But I wanted just to show you how this, uh, the authentic uh, element of Nozling really connect with the students, with the more than four million students for a Portuguese channel. This piece is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. To rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. With two of. He's amazing. I think the, the ability to really uh, try to decode the culture related to Gen Zers and transform this into a language they will be able not only to understand, but to be truly connected yeah. and to cheer for him and to be happy to find him, to, to meet with him in the streets. So, uh, and I, I think for the ones that are not from Brazil, when you think about Global North, YouTube and uh, these big technology brands that you have, they mean convenience. You have more options. You have other ways to watch and to entertain yourselves. And when you go to YouTube and see it in Global South, so Brazil, India, and all the countries that you have, they mean access. They solve and, and try to help with really, really serious and, and like huge problems that we have. So when they can connect through YouTube 
and take an extra effort to, to, to be better educated, something that many times if you are in a public school, you don't have it. It's amazing, not only because you're over your phone, because sometimes you don't have like yeah. a super nice and good teacher that will really engage with you and teach you the way you need, you need to be taught. So I think when you give access to education to people or many other things, you create like a super relevant brand to people. So and done in such a beautiful way, right? Like the first the understanding of this is where the students are now. And they're, yeah. the, to your point, like the teachers are losing the students to their phones mm. yeah. and then doing in a way of like he's almost playing around yeah. and making it so dynamic and like you want to watch and you want to see. I, I invited cool. you to, to go there, like nose-laying, because yeah. it, you can see the difference. When I need to go deeper and help you to get there, I'll go. But these, like, just memorize, like, how it's so easy for simple things that we make the mistakes and helping, yeah. especially the young generation. I feel it's a, so simple, seems simple, and sometimes as a brand, we want something yeah, more sophisticated yeah. and want it, like, to be there, like, in a more... Uh, because otherwise it doesn't seem that, uh, what, what is about quality or relevance? Yeah, and yeah. like when we see this, like really connecting yeah. with the yeah. generation and this is why it's less about like subscribers, but it's... We call these Gen Zers at the box the true gen. So this generation is way more yeah, connected to the truth than they are with the aesthetics and everything because of course we uh, learn and, and build all our rec repertoire on Hollywood, even the Brazilians. And global, if you think about it, that is the main Brazilian television. And now they have, uh, and this is super important when I say look to the Gen Z to know what is about to come, because they are truly built with a different mode. It's something different than us. Alita is younger, she's a Gen Z, is yeah. closer. I'm I here on top of my 44. I wish so. We said, let's go to the new order. And she said, oh, it's a restaurant? And I said, fuck. No, they were saying, oh, let's go over there to the new order. I was like, hold on, because I'm going to call and book it. And I can book it. And I said, wow. In my favor, my passion has always been electronic music. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. my vibe is just a different That is one. the alibi. <laughs> and we felt old. I'm not a Gen Z, And no, we I went to sleep. <laughs> but, but, but we okay. played the song and she said, We yeah, played no. I said, I like, no, I no, 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 wait. We're going to play the song. song. And she heard us said, oh, that I know. I said, it's New Order. <laughs> no, but Sorry for all the <laughs> New Order fans out there. You guys are not talking about electronic music. Look for it's me It's really important to be connected with the Gen Zers and not with uh, an eye, with prejudice, with like something that is saying, mm, but truly connected to create empathy, to really change the perspective. As we know at Vox, you think, oh, they, are not, they do not respect the older people. Of course, Google don't knows more than my, old, my father. That's why. It's not because they do not respect you. It's because, oh, they are so anxious, they want to know everything in like five seconds. Yes, you have your phone. Until I got my book to study when I was like 10 and 12, I had like three days until I got to the library and get to the book. They have like three seconds 
just Google it and start a research. So this ends up building you in a different way. So we have to connect. We have to look and to truly understand them to try to translate this into business strategies. Otherwise, I, I always say when if you are committed by the, by the future, something went wrong. If you are a big brand, you have to be aware of what is about to come. So I really like these cases. And we have six minutes, so let's wrap up things here and let's do like the final round of messages to the audience. Let's do it. Oh, just yes. After that. Yeah. They all know Professor Nuslain, but I think you oh, clicked, sorry. clicked back. You clicked back. It is a great video. We've got it again. Final thoughts. I think we were discussing also back there and doing a quick wrap up and even like what all of this in our experience at South by represents to us, right? And there is some of the different talks that I've been to, there is this understanding of impact and that, that there's no such thing as no impact. Everything you do or don't do, there is an impact and there's a consequence connected to that. And I think just to bring back to the reason why we're here in a topic of decoding culture to building a better, a better future, is understanding that us as human beings, but also I imagine all of you guys in the capacity that you work, the company, the brands, you know, even on your daily lives, understanding that you can do an impact and we should use the positions of power. We're so privileged to be sitting up here and to you know, work with so many awesome brands we should be using that to, to create a better world. I think in the case of Mikola Bocha was for standing up um, with women's in, 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 women in sports. But all of you guys, hopefully if there's one takeaway, is the inspiration that you can take back to say, all right, in my own realm, my own you know, circle, these are the things that I can do, either just you and yourself or with the brands and the companies that, that you work at. That's, I guess, the final thought. Yeah. It, this is how we are discussing. And um, I just feel that after, it was my first South by Southwest. So I was, I'm so impacted by the days here. With all of the connections, the network, the relationships, like to get in close, to know different people, but also, of course, and watching these great contents. Um, so I, I feel that I won't leave here the same person when I just arrived. So it would be different and impacted for sure. And then thinking about it like as an individual, like what, what Patricia does, but also as a company. I feel that we should leave here thinking about it, the accountability. How can we really provoke ourselves to do something bigger? And this is, for me, why I work at a global company that has the power to really create things at scale. Personally, I do many other things that what I believe, and I try to find like this balance, and of course, trying to always find what is really connected to my values. But the thing is that when you work at a company, and I can see like that many of you, like you, are, uh, you have your own business, or you are leading your business and working to other companies that can create this bigger impact at scale, 
I truly believe that this, and we, are, we didn't expect this room to be so full with people here and leaders, we can do like much more. Um, always seeing Ugu here, who I, I, I work close on the Conscious Capitalism Institute, in English, you are right. So uh, we are not like as companies and brands, like not only looking for maximized profits, uh, of course, we wanted to build business that can grow in a more sustainable and healthy way. But we are here to really make the better of what we can for our countries, for our, the societies, for the communities. So the only thing that I love the panel is how to decode culture to build a better future. But I'll say that is to build a better now, yes. to build a better present. And we are all capable to do that. Great. Thank, Thank you. you, girls. As we have imagined, we are out of time, but I'll invite you all to go to the lounge. We'll go straight there if you want to ask questions and talk and exchange a little bit. Thank you yes. so much, you both, for you. accepting you. my invitation Thank and to be here us. with you. Thank you. Thank you, girls.